I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, September 5, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Right out of the gate, we want to notice something while it's on the screen. You'll notice a big tail candle on the daily chart. This just showed up as I was hitting the record button. So we want to take note of it in case it disappears, which it can. We'll know about it. We'll discuss it later. It looks like the market went down to fill the gap, but this actually didn't happen. And ironically enough, and it's not irony at all, it's not a coincidence, and there are no accidents, one of you all sent me the same thing off of another charting platform earlier in the day. Let's discuss the bigger picture, let's do what we were going to do, and we'll address that tail candle later. We had the panic buying, we had the melt up, we had the Electrolux. It wasn't a surprise. The question now is, A, is it over? And B, was that final destination? Let's talk about that for a moment. We had 297.60 on the board. It was put on yesterday as a red line. Here's a five-minute chart. So we're pretty certain that somewhere in and around that 297.5 is an important number. Whether it's slightly above, slightly below, doesn't really matter. It's an important number in that area. So we had that nailed. And here's an hourly chart, and you can see what's going on. And this is why I bring up the hourly chart, because we have to take a look at what's next. Let's look at what's on the chart. We'll look at other charts. We begin to assemble the picture from the pieces of the puzzle that we get from each and every chart. We could get multiple pieces from one chart. Let's see what pieces we come up with on the 60-minute chart. We have another flagpole. So we have a bull flag pattern in development. That was what was created today by simply running up into the area of resistance, whether it was slightly higher than 297.60 or around that number, doesn't really matter. We ran up to a number and the market just went sideways all day long. The creation of a bull flag pattern is the result of that. How do we want to view 297.60, 297.50, whatever the number is, how do we want to view this area? A, the market wasn't rejected from this area, not just yet anyway. So that's important to note. When a market hits a target, it's usually a prime suspect to head in the other direction rapidly. So what does that tell me? It tells me the 297.60 likely wasn't the target. That likely isn't the final destination. It certainly was an important number. The market stopped around there today. So the general zone is important. The question is, is it just a way station to another number? Now, I know what the bears are saying. They're saying, what other number? I thought that was the last number. We never know where the last number is going to be until the market tells us where the last number is. How does it tell us? By putting in a reversal. That's the way it works. That's why I bring up how the market acted, how it reacted or didn't react around 279.5. It didn't react. What did it do? It ran up, it got above, and that basically became support all day long. You have to put that on the table as a puzzle piece. That tells me there's another destination on tap. Where is it? Well, let's take a look at a different chart. Where's the market headed? If it's going to go higher, 
what's the next logical area of overhead resistance? The breakdown candle high. Now, where's the breakdown candle high? It's around 301 and change, 301.20 if I remember correctly. Now, the market is going to want to get to 300 as it gets close to 300. It's already close to 300 now. We were just over a dollar away in the spider today. So what you have on the table is the big fat round psychological number once again, and we've been here before, obviously, of 300. The breakdown candle high comes in at 301 and change. So if the market's up in that area, is it likely or unlikely to blow right through? It's the 80-20 rule. It's unlikely to blow right through. They can get through, they can spike through intraday, but is it likely the market's just going to close above there and keep going? No, that's not likely. That would be in the 20% or less than 20% camp of the 80-20 rule. Let's talk about the other side for a second. What if today was it? What if today was a top? Well, here comes that tail candle that seems to go right to the gap that was left open from today's gap higher. We've seen this before. They don't happen often, but when they do happen, for some reason, they tend to go to a gap. Seems to be a near-term gap or even a faraway gap. Seems to go to an obvious gap. Where is it on the hourly chart? It's not on the hourly chart. It's on the daily chart. Why is that? How is that? I don't know exactly how that is, but here's what we do know. We know it's some kind of an erroneous tail candle. If it's not on an hourly chart, it didn't happen during the day. It wasn't there early. It wasn't there in the afternoon, at least on my chart. Apparently, it showed up on others' charts. So it's something that we should note. We should be aware of it. It's good to know about it. If the market were to start trading down in that area, it kind of puts that puzzle piece in the right spot. But other than that, there's not much we can do with it. What if the market's trading down Friday morning? I believe we have a phony jobs number coming out. Let's say the market's trading down Friday morning. What's the bogey on the downside? How do you know there's trouble lurking? How do you know you might be in for a pretty bad Friday? For now, sitting here tonight without the benefit of seeing any kind of activity in the morning, you have to use today's low as a bogey. Closing hourly below today's low would likely be a problem. That would bring the gap below into play, and ergo, that tail candle from the daily chart all of a sudden comes into view again. Can the market bust out to new highs? Ah, I threw you a short hop. Yeah, of course it can. We're in a panic-buying, short-squeeze phase of a market right now. That's what's going on. It's exactly what we said. If the market were to close above those highs, above 294, it would create a vacuum. It would create momentum traders hopping on board. It would create short covering to get up to certain numbers. It doesn't have to be a one-day event. It can be. We've seen this stuff before. They could kill the market after the phony jobs number in the morning at 8.30 Eastern Time. You just need to be aware of all the players on the field. I get questions, and they're valid questions, so sometimes I like to answer them in these videos. It's easier because there's a benefit to everybody. So one of the questions that came in today, and of course the answer is based on an opinion. The answer cannot be factual. You'll understand that when I pose the question. Here it is. Is this a blow-off top? It could be a blow-off top in the making. I wouldn't say today would constitute a blow-off top. It's only one day above the former highs that we discussed breaking out above. So this could be the beginning of a breakout 
a la blow off top. Absolutely, it could be. In order for that to happen, from where I sit, a blow off top would culminate at all time new highs. I don't think a blow off top would happen short of the highs. I think you would get as many bulls as you can to hop on board, and that's what they're doing now. That's the psychology behind the market. There's going to be more bulls, more people, more traders acting on fear of missing out. FOMO, maybe tomorrow, maybe even into Monday. It may not be over yet. Today was short covering and some momentum. Tomorrow could be higher prices. If today was a top, so be it. But if they're going to get to the 300 or above, if they're going to try and bust out to new highs... You're going to have to have much, much more bullish behavior. You're going to have to have much more bullish conversation. It's got to be more than we're having a meeting with China. We already had the promise of a meeting with China half a dozen or a dozen times. What happens if it was a rope-a-dope? What if they actually strike a deal? What happens if they struck a deal? I have no idea. Conspiracy Theory 4.0. I can tell you what would happen to the market. You'd find it at new highs. Can we get any information out of Camp IWM today? Big up day for Camp IWM. Up 1.6% against the SPY that was up basically 1%. So it's a healthy day, and that was in the aftermarket too. So the aftermarket dropped down below 297.60. I forgot to mention that before. Let's go back to that chart. May not be 100% meaningful to some, but I know it's meaningful to others. So let's take a look at where we are as I make this video, which is based on the 4 o'clock close. But there's also the trading that goes on after hours. So the trading that goes on after the fact has the SPY down at 297. This doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless now. I'm just pointing out the fact that I still think 297.5, 297.60 was important. Back to the IWM. Any information from IWM? Well, there's a couple of things that I see. There's more than a couple of things on this chart. I think it's very interesting. I think this chart is actually speaking volumes. Here's what I see. This is strictly from a visual standpoint. What jumps out at the chart when it pops up on my screen? A, we missed the 50-period moving average. Why? few cents away, couldn't get there. No accidents, no coincidences. We finished poorly. We finished below the 200-period moving average. The market, or in this case, the IWM, was much higher earlier. It didn't necessarily act like the SPY did today. So there was a difference in the look of the daily chart. To me, it's not a strong photo finish for the IWM. So here's what else we see. What else we see is what they were attempting to do besides a 50-period moving average. There's another candle up here. We're going to call that an important pivot. Why? Because the market ran up there from down here, stopped short, and collapsed. So to me, that makes it an important number. So here's what we'll say, and this will be important certainly in the short run. If we have another up day in the market and the IWM closes up there above that area, That number, that high, is 152.63. If they make another attempt on the bull case and they close above there, that's bullish. Could be shenanigans, but 80-20 rule would say that's bullish. Can they do it? I don't know. The IWM was leading the market today up 1.6%, no doubt about it. The transports were also leading the market. 
my second favorite market leading indicator. So position one was the IWM in pole position in terms of leading market indicators. And the folks down at the transportation department hopped on a rocket ride, slicing right into all those moving averages and then closing right underneath the 100 period moving average. Nothing bearish about this whatsoever. If the transports continue higher, if they can break above the moving averages, what would be the next major area of overhead resistance? I'll let you answer that one. If you've taken the course, you know where it is. If you haven't, you may or may not be able to answer it. And by the way, can all this be taken back by the morning? Absolutely. We're fully aware of that. But what we're doing is we're analyzing the market that's in front of us rather than the market that some of us would like to believe it is. You've got to separate the economy and all that stuff you believe is bad news. You have to separate that from the market. The market climbs a wall of worry all the time. This isn't new. This isn't the first time this has happened. This is not my first rodeo. All the things you think are bad are bad. They will have an impact on the market in a really, really bad way. I get all that, but it won't happen until it happens. It's not going to happen on your time frame. It's going to happen on the market schedule. What happens when we take a trip out to Silicon Valley and we see the queues? Nothing. It's the same routine. Where's the high going to be? We don't know yet. Where's the next major area of overhead resistance? See previous chart. It's the same routine as the transports. We don't need to repeat. By the way, point of interest, we should note that we had a bear flag pattern, had or have. It could still be a bear flag pattern. It doesn't have to be over. It doesn't have to stay in this channel. Just because I drew the channel doesn't mean that would be the market's final channel. So just want to note that when I draw this channel, these lines on the top and the bottom are not an absolute. I draw them for illustration purposes. However, we have to note two things. A, it still is a bear wedge pattern, bear flag pattern, whatever you want to call it. One day above that black line doesn't really change anything. The next thing is, however, we talk about it all the time. These will normally play out to the downside in the southern direction. That's where the energy would normally be released. What happens if it's released in the other direction? Much higher prices coming to a chart near you. What's the market likely to do? What is the 80-20 rule? At least the one that's on my desk. What does that one say? What it says to me is they want to get the market up to maybe even make a new high and then they want to take them back down. That's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. That's the five guys in a room sucking in as many bulls to the market as they can, making as many traders and investors as they possibly can look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's what that would likely be. So what does it look like? Well, if we move the chart over, we can draw a simple schematic of what I'm really talking about. So here you have a move that goes up. Maybe it comes up short of the highs. Maybe it goes over the highs. Maybe it goes over the highs for a few days. Maybe it goes 2 or 3% above the high. And this goes for all the markets. The S&P 500, the Qs, maybe not the IWM. But the concept would be, at that point, you get some kind of reverse spark and you do one of these jobs and you leave everybody holding the bag, everybody that couldn't wait, everybody that had to hop on the bus and didn't realize the bus was running out of gas. They hopped on right before the last stop. Anybody ever do that? Of course, everybody's done that. 
I'm not immune. I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. By the way, I just want to make something crystal clear. If anybody thinks that I'm the perfect specimen of the perfect trader, you are absolutely 110% incorrect. A, I've done all the stupid stuff that you've done and more. I've made all the mistakes you've made and more. The difference is I've learned from my mistakes and obviously continue to do so. Did you catch that? Continue to do so. What is that? Learn from my mistakes. I still make mistakes, and by the way, I still do stupid stuff. I'm human, just like you. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I do stupid stuff. So rest assured, you'd be hard-pressed to find a trader that doesn't do stupid stuff. They're out there, but I'm not him. My goal is to tell you about the right stuff and not even mention the stupid stuff. Does the XLF chart look any different than any other chart? Some look different than others, but for the most part, there's about two or three varieties of what the charts look like today, and they all look pretty much like one another. Do we need to do anything with that information? Not really. Is it important that they closed above the 50-period moving average? I'm not going to call it important, but what I will say is, if we continue to do that on a regular basis, that will become important. How about the SMH? You know, once again, the SMH is ahead of schedule. What do I mean by ahead of schedule? What did it do today? It tested its breakdown candle high and backed off a little bit. Didn't back off that much. So that may not be the final destination. I thought it's important to note. The SMH is a great leading indicator of the tech sector. And the tech sector is certainly a leading indicator of the overall market. I don't particularly love the cues, but the tech sector as a whole is certainly a leading indicator of the market. So you just can't discount this. Is it part of a blow-off top? It certainly could be, but it doesn't have to be a one-day event. That's the point I want to get across. One more thing I want to discuss, and it has to do with inside the numbers. There really wasn't a lot to discuss today, so I'm not going to slide over the thing and go through all the notes. But what I do want to mention is that I did mention, and it was also mentioned last night in the Common Sense Market Analysis video, that I would be taking a short position at 297.60. So I'm sure folks want to know, hey, did you take a short position at 297.60? The answer is, yes, I did. But you need to know the caveats and you need to know the whole story. I did it with options. That's A. B is I gave myself a lot of time. I bought the November puts. And C is I'm prepared to lose. Here's what I mean by prepared to lose. Whenever you buy an option, you have to be prepared to lose. Whenever you put money at risk, you have to be prepared to lose. But I'm actually prepared to lose what I put in. Likely won't happen that way, but you need to know. I'm also willing to add to the position if we get up to the highs, even spike through the highs. It's a starter position. I'm collecting puts in the S&P. What I also mentioned to Inside the Numbers members was that based on how the S&P was acting or the lack of reaction from the 297.60, that that was unlikely the final destination. So traders should understand you have to be prepared to be wrong for a while. Whenever I buy an option, whether it's a put or a call, the only way, it's not just me, it's me or you, the only way that we're going to be positive immediately on the trade and never look back is if we bottom ticket or top ticket. And what's the likelihood that that's going to happen? So I'm used to being out of the money on options. This is not a day trade. This is not a scalp trade. I don't use options for those. This is a swing trade. It's a swing trade that comes with risk 
and it's a swing trade, then I could be wrong if the market does make new highs and continues going. I don't believe that's the likely case, but I'm aware and I do believe the market can make new highs. There's nothing that says it can't. So I just wanted to get that out on the table. And that's also a pretty good place to pull the ripcord for tonight. So I'm going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost. I want to tell you that I appreciate everybody. Without your viewership, without you following, without your support, these videos wouldn't be possible. And I know for a fact that these videos are helping people, and that's why I want to keep doing them. So we're going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.